With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the Word of God today. We're turning again in our Bible to the book of the Revelation, chapter number 5, and we're continuing our study on the subject, Where is the Lamb? On yesterday, I took the entire broadcast and reviewed where we're at in our study of the Word of God I said to you, first of all, in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse number 7, we found Isaac asked his father Abraham, where is the lamb? And then in Genesis, chapter 22, verse number 8, we saw the lamb was promised. Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. Then in the book of Exodus, chapter number 12, we saw the lamb is pictured We came to Isaiah 53, and there we found that the Lamb was personified. When we come to John chapter 1, verse number 29, we saw the Lamb is presented. John the Baptist was baptizing down at Jordan, and he looked up and saw the Lord Jesus Christ coming, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Then in John chapter number 19, we saw that the lamb was pierced. Again, I remind you, there is no salvation in a living lamb. The lamb must die and the blood must be shed. It's important that we understand that Christ Jesus did not bleed and die, but he died and bled. If he had bled first, he would have bled to death. But it died first, and that makes him a sufficient sacrifice. And his blood was shed. Remember, his blood was not spilled. That speaks of an accident. It was no accident he shed his blood. It was the purpose of God from before the foundation of the world that he come and die, shed his blood for the sin of the people. And then we looked at the lamb in the present. And I mentioned to you again, it was amazing to me to discover that the Lamb is not mentioned at all in the church epistles. It's mentioned only twice between the death of Christ and His coming in the air to rapture out the church. It's mentioned once in Acts chapter 8, verse 32, where the Ethiopian eunuch is reading from Isaiah 53. It's mentioned a second time in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse number 18 and verse number 19, where the Bible said, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. So we saw when Christ died, the lamb 
became the great high priest. Now, there's much said in the book of Hebrews about him being the offering for sin and the sacrifice for sin. But to my understanding, he was never called the lamb. You come on through the general epistles, the book of Hebrews, James, first and second Peter, first and second, third John, and the book of Jude. And you do not find him mentioned again. You come on through chapter one, two, and three, and four of the book of the Revelation. And you do not find him mentioned as the lamb in those four chapters. I cannot give a complete analysis of the book of Revelation, but let me just bring you up to where we're at in chapter number five. You see, in Revelation chapter one, verse number 19, the angel has said to John, write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. In verse number 19 of Revelation chapter 1, the angel gives to John, and John pins it down and gives it to us in the Word of God, a, an outline of the book of the Revelation. Chapter number 1 deals with things which thou hast seen. John has saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his priestly, kingly glory. In chapter number one. And then he said, write the things which are. That covers chapter number two in chapter number three. In the book of the Revelation, chapter two and three, you have seven letters written to seven churches of Asia Minor. And of course, the primary application of this is there were seven churches, there were seven letters written as is copied for us here in the Word of God. But there also is a prophetic application, and that is, in prophecy, these seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapter number 2 and 3 give us church history pre-recorded as prophecy in the Word of God. And so we see in chapter number 2 and 3 the things which are which covers the church age. And then somewhere in the last part of chapter number three, you see, we today who are saved and believe the Bible and are serving God, we are Philadelphians living in a Laodicean world. And the true Philadelphian believers will be raptured out while the Laodiceans will be left behind to form the one world church under the leadership of the false prophet and the Antichrist. But in chapter number four, we have a picture, a glimpse of the catching out of the church. In Revelation chapter four, verse number one, John said, after this, after what? After the church age has run its course. John said, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, the voice of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. John said, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat upon the throne. 
and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardis stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now here we have a picture of the catching away of the church. Notice there is a door that opens in heaven. Verse number one. Then second, I want you to notice, there is a voice as the voice of a trumpet which said, come up hither. I am convinced that is the trumpet that will sound when the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. And we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So there's a door opens. There's a voice as of the sound of a trumpet that said, come up hither. And then in verse number two, John said, and immediately, I wonder if that would be about the same thing as in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. You remember Paul said in this writing, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and in verse number 51, he said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And of course, John then is transferred. Immediately, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. Here you have a picture of the judgment seat of Christ. And then after that throne is a rainbow. And the rainbow is God's symbol that judgment is past. So when the church is raptured out, we go to the judgment seat of Christ. And when we leave there, the judgment of the church is over. And then when you come to chapter number five, we come back to God dealing with the nation of Israel again after the church has been raptured out. And so once again, immediately in chapter number five, we are introduced to the Lamb. Here is the occasion. We saw the seven-sealed book that is here. This book contains the terms of the redemption of the earth. God has got it in his right hand there in heaven. Now notice, and I will not get through with this, but let me begin. John said in verse number one, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. In verse number three, the Bible said, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. John said, And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. In these four verses, we notice there is the seven-sealed scroll. And again, I emphasize, in this scroll are the terms 
for the redemption of the earth. You see, my friend, this creation that you and I live in is under the curse, and it will be redeemed one day after a while. This old creation groans and travails in pain, waiting for the adoption to wet the redemption of our bodies. When we're translated, then God is going to do a work of redemption for the earth. And so he pulls out the terms of redemption, the seven seal scroll book. Then there is a solemn search in verse number two and verse number three. They search in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and no man is found who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Then in verse number four, there is a sobbing saint. John said, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book and neither to look thereon. You see again, if this earth cannot be redeemed, then God's program of redemption will come to a screeching halt. Satan will be the victor and the cause of Christ defeated. And so John said, I wept much. But then when you come to verse number five and verse number six, we see a shocking sight. One of the elders said, weep not, John. The lion of the tribe of Judah had prevailed. And he's going to open that book. And John turns and he does not see a lion, but rather a lamb. Well, we'll pick up here and continue tomorrow, the Lord willing. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Are you not away? It's growing.